It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. Um, I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott. He's my partner back at the Racing Boys HQ. And uh, Todd Surprise helping us out with the broadcast as usual each and every day. Uh, we got a good show lined up for you today. We've got Blackjack Brian Brown going to be joining us on the show. Chase Rodman, Trenton Berry, and we also have sound from Rico Abreu and Aaron Reitzel today. Kirk, how you doing, bud? Be better. It's just this Mother Nature problem we got going on right now. That's kind of a bummer. We got rained out last night, but uh, some great racing on Saturday night up there at Knoxville. Well, Kirk, you made the right call yesterday, uh, leaving early to go back home uh, last night. The Capitani got rained out last night. Mother Nature um, just set in on us, and it was just too much to take. And it was um, it was uh, it was misting really hard last night, and then it started raining, and uh, they they called the they called the race last night. What do you think about that, Kurt? Yeah, you know, my plan was to hang out and go to the races last night, then drive back to Kansas City for me to be here in studio with you up there. I've got to be here with Todd to uh, make this all work. And uh, I looked at that forecast uh, that, uh, you know, it quit raining. It, the, the other little shower came in in the middle of the afternoon. But then I looked at, hey, there's more of it coming in tonight. And I looked at that racetrack. And they did a miraculous job of working that in and even getting what they got in last night. I'll tell you that after what I saw that racetrack yesterday afternoon, I said, you know what? This is going to be a late night. I think I'll drive back to Kansas City. And so I watched on yeah. live video. And when you get one heat race in last night after qualifying, that was it. Yeah, one heat race. Um, uh, our boy Blake Hahn was in that first heat race. He, he, he didn't do so well, but... Uh, Anyway, listen, the story of the night uh, of the week has to be Blackjack Brian Brown out running Aaron Reitzel. What do you think about that, Kurt? Well, you won the bet. I lost. <laughs> My guy was you coming did. around for the for the checkered flag off turn number four when a big wreck happened over by the Hall of Fame. And you give Brian, Brian Brown enough chances on a restart Eventually, he's going to pull it off, and he did. And uh, Brownie is pretty good at Knoxville. In case you didn't know, Brian Brown really is good at Knoxville. Um, 65 wins here. 66. Would you, would you count that as 66? Oh, absolutely. That, that counts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, mm -hmm. it counts even more so than a lot of them, and that is his second. 360 Knoxville Nationals crowd. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, you're kind of a sore loser a little bit. You say that if that caution didn't come out, that Brian Brown wouldn't have won that race. But that's part of racing. Part well, hey, of racing it, it is cautions are part of racing, Kirk. I'm happy to so pay you know. off the bet because I'm a Brian Brown fan. So, you know, I'm glad he won, but I lost the bet. So, you know, hey, what, what are you going to do? 
I, I knew it was, and you and I both knew it was going to be between those two guys. We talked about it on Saturday morning. They're starting side by side on the front row. Uh, if you're going to win the 360 Knoxville Nationals, you're going to have to get around either of those two guys. And Reitzel got off to a good start, and he led all the way right down there till the end. Well, and, and, and listen, as you say, Brian Brown, if you give him enough restarts, he's yep. going to figure it out. Well, he's so good off turn number two, especially. He gets a run off you off, off the high side coming off turn number two. I haven't seen anybody better at Knoxville doing that than Brian Brown, and he made it happen on Saturday night. Um, to be fair, Kirk, the drag race down the front straightaway where Brian Brown beating by nose, what what did he win that race by? By 20 thousandths of a second? Yeah. Point zero two zero seconds at the line and the closest mm-hmm. finish that we've ever seen in the 360 Knoxville Nationals. I'm not sure we've seen a, a 410 Nationals that close. I don't think we have. No, I don't think we have either. But, um, you know, I I, I got to give uh, Brian Brown some credit here. We're looking at we're looking at the finish right here and Brian Brown just drag races and beats him right at the line by a nose, by a nose wing. What did you think of that, Kurt? It was thrilling. I was, I was happened to be sitting up in the grandstands. I went up into the grandstands to watch the A main, and I was just a little ways down from the start-finish line, so I had a pretty good look at those guys coming down the front straightaway. And I thought that Brown was going to get him at the line when he moved down to the inside like that, and he just knew exactly what to do. But, man, that was about as thrilling a finish as you'll ever see. So you thought that he was going to win the race? Coming off the fourth turn, I thought Brownie was going to get him, yeah. Mm. Because he he made that move down to the inside, and I thought that that's going to be the ticket right there. Hey, hey, listen, just just to be fair – Aaron Reitzel, he tried to bang wheels with him and tried to hold him off. He did. And, and l- listen, that was a pretty risky move, what he did right there at the end of that race. Would you say that, Kurt? Oh, absolutely. That could have been a disastrous crash between those two guys. It, touching wheels like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. They did Both of them didn't get upside down. Yeah, no doubt about it. But, uh, again, Reitzel... Um, he, 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 listen, I say this all the time and I know that Aaron doesn't have a problem with it, but listen, let's just be fair. Aaron Reitzel is a heel. Would you agree with that, Kurt? Yeah. If you listen to the crowd and the, and the introductions to start the race, you know, Brownie got a few mixed reactions there, some cheers, a few boos mixed in. But it sounded like all booze when Aaron Reitzel was introduced. Yeah, but let, let me just say this. When Brian Brown got out of that car and did that wing celebration, all the fans were cheering for Brian Brown at that point. I didn't hear any booze. Because when, they were all when, happy they he beat Aaron Reitzel. <laughs> right. Yeah, you think no that's it? it? <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. But it was a hell of a show, and added to it the run that Rico Abreu made from the B main from the 24th starting spot to third place was almost as thrilling as the finish that we saw.
Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Rick, what did he start, 24th? 24th, dead last. And at one time, he was running ninth in the B main and somehow got himself into the fourth and final transfer spot of the B at the end to get himself into the A. And then to watch him make a run up through the field, he was like 16th uh, when that first yellow came out. And then he really was able to make a run up through there. And that green-white checker restart, he made a move down to the inside right off the start, picked off a couple of cars there. That was a hell of a run by Rico. Yeah, no doubt about it. Chase Randall had a pretty good run as well. He went from 17th to 9th. He, he did a pretty good job himself. And, um, you know, Chase Randall, uh, little chicken, I think he's going to be – He's going to be a, a pretty good race car driver before it's all said and done. Oh, no question about it. He's already won a couple of races at Knoxville and also at Houston Speedway this year. He's uh, he's getting better and better as we go. He's still a pretty young guy from mm -hmm. out of Texas. You remember last year he won the non-wing race at the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial Race. We saw him run a midget up at Houston Speedway. A couple of years ago in a 100-lap race was leading that race. That kid's got a lot of talent, and he just gets better the older he gets. Yeah. Um, uh, really not a great night. Um, Parker Price Miller, he started third, and he faded to fourth. But let me tell you something about Parker Price Miller. I think that that kid is uber-talented. And then he's going to win a lot of races before it's all said and done. What do you think, Kurt? I agree with that. Friday night he won the preliminary race holding off Brian Brown. Right. And he, I thought he drove a perfect race to be able to do that. So uh, he's uh, he's really talented. He's won some races. He's a cancer survivor, too. So mm -hmm. uh, I remember a year ago Parker Price Miller got in a bad wreck in the 410 Nationals and had to sit out of the car for some months. And so he's had his ups and downs and some challenges uh, health-wise, you know, recovering from that injury at Knoxville a year ago. And uh, same as Chase Randall, the older Parker Price Miller gets, the the better he, the older he gets, the better he gets. Let me just say this. At one point during the race, Rico Abreu was about ready to get lapped. Did you see that, Kurt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he didn't let that happen, though, did he? No. But at one point during the race, he was about ready to get lapped because Reitzel was only about 10 or 12 car lengths behind him, and he was getting ready to put him a lap down. But Rico sucked it up and rallied back. But listen, let's be fair about this as well. Rico capitalized on a bunch of cautions too as well. Would you agree with that, Kurt? Yeah, but he, he took full advantage of it too. But but did did he not take advantage of a lot of cautions during that race? Sure he did. Absolutely. But that's racing. Right. That's that's yeah. racing too. But, it, you know, he was running as far back as ninth in the B main. I didn't think he was going to make it in. And he made it happen. And then to come from the back, he, you about have to take advantage of cautions. And, you know, we talked about this before, especially the 360 cars. It's hard to run from the back to the front in a 360 car when you kept keep your momentum up and the foot to the floor all the way around, you're going to have to depend on some cautions to get as far up as Rico did. And he took full advantage of everything that was given to him. Well, 
Um, I, 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 I just got to say that um, he did a hell of a job, man. Listen, to get up to third place after nearly being lapped earlier in the race, um, that was a hell of a job that he did. And he, he passed a lot of cars and, and did a lot of good things out there on that racetrack. Rico. And Rico Abreu is probably one of the most talented drivers that we've seen um, in sprint car racing in a long time. Well, that combination he's got when he hired Ricky Warner to come over there and be the crew chief on that car. And this He's not been in a 360 car that often. It's been all 410s. But if he's not winning races, he's finishing up front just about every time. And I would not count out Rico Abreu from winning the – nationals this coming weekend i think he's got a real shot at it well i think he does too i think he's good listen let's be fair rico abreu is a better 410 racer than he is a 360 racer we just had race 360s all that much right so you got a lot more power with the 410 car but i think the added laps over some of these other guys with Rico deciding to run the 360 Nationals, getting those added laps, I think he learned a lot of things, which gives him, I think, a little bit of an advantage over some of these other outlaw guys coming in here this next week. I'm not say, I'm not predicting that he'll win the Nationals, but I think it really helped Rico to come in here and run this 360 Nationals to give him some extra laps on this racetrack prior to the big show coming up this week. I think Brian Brown has a, a ton of confidence right now and sure. that he's going to, and listen, don't count out blackjack Brian Brown. No. I mean, he finished first and second when the outlaws were at Knoxville back in June. Let's not forget that. So, well, yeah. And, he, and, he and, and another person, another person to keep an eye on is Aaron Reitzel as well, because sure. that guy, he, he knows his way around this racetrack pretty good as well. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's. I think it's wide open. I think they're, you know, five or six guys, and don't don't exclude Donnie Shots from that number uh, that can win the nationals coming up this next week. I I don't have a overall number one choice to win this thing, but I think at least half a dozen guys got a pretty good shot at it. Yeah, well, Kirk, let, let's talk a little bit about Jeremy Campbell. He 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 got handed the 305 win at Belleville with the 305 Nationals, Belleville 305 Nationals, because a car was too light for the second year in a row. Yeah, I was uh, watching the replay of that after we got done with the uh, show at Knoxville the other night. And Ray Cunningham, our good friend, was on the PA that night, another guy I wasn't familiar with down doing the interviews. At the end of it, they really had to rush through that program to beat the heavy storms that eventually came. But Ray Cunningham made this comment after Kyle Jones had led pretty much all the way. He said, mm -hmm. now you remember last year, the we're, we're all waiting to see if Kyle Jones can make weight here because you remember last year, Richardson did not make weight, handing it to Ty Williams. Let's see if he makes the weight over here and guess what he failed it by 15 pounds and there yeah. was a long delay right a after he went to weigh and I said oh my god this is going to happen again and they they pushed Kyle Jones car into victory lane he gets out does a complete wing dance gets right up on top of the wing and does a full wing dance 
crawls down off the car. The guy doing the interviews down there, I, I don't know what his name was. He said, well, he doesn't want to talk because Kyle Jones, after he climbed down off the car, went over to talk to some of the officials, and they said, oh, they're going to go back and weigh him again. <laughs> okay. So they yep. rolled his car out of Victory Lane, and they pushed Jeremy Camel's car into Victory Lane. And then they said, oh, he weighed again too light by 15 pounds. Jeremy Campbell is the winner. How, how can you be that far off on your weight? 15 pounds. Last That's, year, it, last year it was 30 pounds. <laughs> so they cut it in half this year. Uh, I, I, I just don't understand how somebody could be 30 pounds light, 15 pounds light. You put enough fuel in there, you're going to weigh. That. That's really the 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 uh, gist of it, because really, I, I think that uh, anytime somebody's 30 pounds light or 15 pounds light, there's been a mistake along the way somewhere. Somebody didn't put enough fuel into the car or whatever. Well, talking with Ray last night, I guess uh, he complained, Kyle Jones, that, hey, you know, with all these yellow flags and stuff, burn off too much fuel. Well, that's no excuse you got to account for that. There was one other driver, Scott, that, that came in too light, and that was Stu Snyder, who I think was running third at the finish line. He also failed to meet the minimum uh, weight requirements. So that means Jeremy Campbell, the winner, John Carney, the second, who won the preliminary race on Friday night, second, Luke Cranston, third, Landon Thompson, fourth, and Jack Dover from 17th, to fifth so that's the way it all shook out after uh, two drivers failed to make the minimum weight requirement all right well we're going to take a break when we come back blackjack brian brown's going to join us he won the 360 nationals this week he's going to join us right here on mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by rod and supply featuring the power eye midwest lightning sprints where are they racing at this week kirk do you know uh, they were at, uh, and I'm not sure if they've got the, uh, the race in at, uh, at Nevada on Saturday night. I need to look at that. Uh, but, uh, they're, they're at, I'll, I'll get you that information here in just a little bit. I forgot to look it up. All right. Okay. Be honest with you. We'll do that. And when we come back, Blackjack Brian Brown joins us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's, again, it's all brought to by Rod in Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod M. Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod M. Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod M. Supply is an assortment of Rod M's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod M. Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodmsupply.com. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Halfway, two more spots. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't right, just we sell go. them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Gilly, Todd Surprise, running the show. 
And joining us now on the show is Blackjack Brian Brown. Brownie, how you doing, bud? Man, that was a thrilling victory the other night. I'm doing good, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably as cool as it gets, especially for you know a uh, a marquee event like the 360 Nationals. It's just uh, yeah, you want to win all th- lead all 30 laps and win by a half a lap, but if you can't, that's just that's probably as cool and as exciting as you can get for for your team and your fans. Let me ask you a little question. When you guys were running down the front straightaway, it looked like Reitzel kind of moved over on you a little bit. Were you a little concerned at that point right there when he kind of came down on you a little bit? Uh, I mean, maybe. No, not really, because like, that, that was that was as far as he was getting. If we weren't, I wasn't going any further left, and we were going to crash at that point. So, um, And I was cool with that. You know, I was cool with crashing. And um, as long as I crashed over the finish line and, and, and had a chance to win the race. So uh, yeah. I wasn't going to go any further left and give him more real estate so he could win and I could be in the infield and maybe still crash, you know. But, you know, it's, right. uh, we gave each other as much room as we could possibly give, and that was kind of going to kind of be it. And whoever uh, whoever came out on the other end that was going was gonna to be the winner. You know, uh, Kirk and I were talking just a little bit ago that if you give you enough chances on restarts, you're going to take advantage of, of somebody eventually. And what did you feel like on those restarts? Because it looked like he kind of jumped out on you a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit on the first one, um, especially, you know, I just, I didn't know really, I mean, all it is is just kind of thinking about what the guy in front of you is going to do. And then what, what's going to be a, you're giving I mean, your, your next move it's it's a high speed chess match if you want to call it that and um you know i kind of thought i knew what he was going to do on the second one and then his crew chief actually walked out into victory lane towards the track and um kind of gave him some pointers of what what he thought he should do and i was able to listen to that so i mean almost i got the answers to the test really before you know before the teacher left and um, just it kind of reiterated what I thought he was going to do. And I thought, well, maybe they got some cheat code here where they're telling each other the opposite or something. So I was like, I'm still a little bit hesitant. And I got off turn four pretty good and uh, went to turn one. And he did exactly what his crew chief said. He was going to try to slide himself. And uh, I got a good run on the top. And then we went down the back stretch and he peeled off and slid himself again. And I went to the bottom. And I was, you know, railed the bottom as good as I had all race and coming off turn four to the white flag, my plan was to slide him at that point for the lead. And when we got closer to the front or down the front stretch, he kind of turned across and uh, slid himself again. So I got back to the, to the cushion as quick as I could. And then when we come off turn two, he was kind of in the middle and I was actually on the cushion. And my hope was to be right on his rear bumper down the back stretch and stick the bottom and, and me win the race. And uh, I got actually up alongside him probably more than I really wanted to. And I knew at that point he saw me and he could look at the scoreboard or whatnot. And I thought at that point, maybe I'm going to lose a race just because I showed my hand too quick. And uh, I knew I had just to make something happen at the other end. And I thought he was just going to short slide me into three and he kind of turned off a little bit. And I knew I had to get to the cushion as quick as I could and get my cart turned hopefully quicker than he could, and I was able to get it turned, drive down the hill, and at that point, it was a drag race, and uh, whoever got grip 
you know, uh, the most and whose, whose engine got going the quickest and, you know, who had, uh, who wanted it the most at that point, I was going to win the race and we banged wheels and, um, and luckily we came out on top. You know, you, you always talk about your motor being crisp and always firing it off really good. And, and that was critical at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Cause it wasn't on night one on night one. I haven't ran my 360 all year long. So, um, the fueling and stuff based on what the air and stuff is, is, is it's a trial and error. And it's not always just going to be, you hit the throttle and your motor goes. Sometimes it doesn't go. And I have to give the feedback to Chad and I was getting beat. My motor was not taking off on Friday or on Friday night at all. And when I got into the cushion, it was just like falling on its face and just didn't want to go like it needed to. And I was very critical of that and, and <clears throat> probably more critical than I ever been. And, and I really just, I didn't get mad at Chad, but I just was just making sure I was re- reiterating how bad it was and how important it was for us on Saturday. And I just kept beating it. Hey, you got to get it fixed. You got to get it fixed. You got to get it fixed. And he, he, I mean, he just he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He went to work and it was perfect. I mean, it took off great. And, you know, it, and when I got into the cushion, it did not stumble. It, it was crisp and away we went. So the moral of the story is without Chad working on that engine on, Saturday all day, I'd say we probably don't win that race just because the things I was complaining about are the things I needed most at the most crucial time. And, and I think that's what it's, it's all the little details, man. It's not what I did on, it's the little details of what I need to be successful. And that's just the communication between me and Chad of me paying attention exactly what it's doing in the car. So I can relay, relay it, you know, verbatim of of explaining what the engine's doing because if i don't tell him that specifically he can work on the wrong end of the problem and if i give him enough details and be specific he'll get it right 99 percent of the time yeah you know there was at one point during the race where you and reitzel were coming up on on the back of the field and rico was just about ready to get lapped he he, he was at the back of the field and he ended up running third. That's a remarkable feat, isn't it? Why, that's unbelievable. And, like, I watched the video back, and, I mean, I'm very thankful that we don't have 35 laps because that's why I feel like probably Rico was maybe the faster car at the end. Not saying faster car, but <clears throat> he, was able, he was on the part of the track that we weren't just because we hadn't, hadn't, hadn't had, to, had to go around lap cars. We got lucky with the lap cars. A lot of guys were down, and we were able to be up, so – um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have something in my throat, but, um, yeah, in general, um, yeah, we don't, I don't know what happened if, if there was, th- you know, 35 laps, but I knew going into the week that Rico would be tough, very tough. But the only thing that I was in question is that 360 deal is a whole different animal than, than a 410. You can't do things with your car the same. Your engines are different. There's a lot of things that go on. You got to drive them a little bit different. So I knew, just see how quick they would adapt. And, you know, you give Ricky Warner and Rico two days with the same car, same engine, they're going to be in the hunt also. But, you know, from day one, you know, I talked about it on Saturday morning on, on your show that, you know, it was going to be a heavyweight title fight. And, and Aaron Wright, so is who I wanted to race for the win, just because I felt like he was the best right, right now at Knoxville, especially in the 360. And, um, you know, when we took off, I wasn't really nervous about 
him leading. I didn't care about what, how that was going to play out. And then um, I said, you know, I wanted to wait till we got the traffic and see how all that worked for him. And he, he busted through traffic pretty good. And I knew at that point, I better step, you know, I better get up on the wheel here and stay with him or, or he might run off and hide. I may not have an opportunity. And um, he got through traffic real well. I got through traffic pretty good. And I felt like with 10 to go, I think 11 to go, I looked up at the board and I seen 11 to go or whatever it was. And I, I was within four or five car lengths. And I, I really felt good about where I was, um, you know, at that point. And then a, a red came out or yellow came out. And he actually was going to win the race. He was 200 yards from being able to win. And um, then the red come out and it just changed everything. So just weird how, you know, almost with a lap to go or coming to the checkered for him, you know, I was like, well, if we ran second, you know, he got the lead. He got through traffic good. We were equal. He just got the lead quick first. And then the red comes out and my whole perspective changes. So uh, just – uh. Even when I laid my head down on Saturday night to go to bed, I thought, gosh, how, like, how did that happen? Like, how, you know, I, I mean, obviously I knew how it happened, but just like it just changed so quick, the complexion of the race just by a, just by a red flag. That, that, that red was critical for you, wasn't it? That, when, when Garrett Williamson got upside down over there in turn two, but that was, that was a key moment right there, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It just, and I think too, it's, we sit there for, 15, 10 minutes, it seemed like, seemed like a very long time. And like a lot goes through your head. Like you have got to play a lot of scenarios through your head and, and just in general, and you're just thinking about what he's going to do and what can I do or whatever. It's just, it's, it's man versus machine really. And, and you're trying to figure out. And then when you get going, when they, when they push you back off the start, the next thing that comes in your mind is, man, I got to get, I got to get my air pressures built back up in my tires. You know, it's because my tires are going to be lower than my lower than I, I, I want them, and my car is going to act different here for a little bit. So I'm trying to get my tires built back up. But one thing I noticed, he never did that. So in my opinion, just watching that from the outside looking in, I'm thinking to myself, he's going to be tighter than he was, and he was already pretty tight. He's he's going to be tighter than he was, and he's not spinning his tires up. So I thought, okay, advantage Brian in my eyes. I looked at where his wing was. He had his wing still way back. So I'm like advantage Brian. So I was just I was just trying to carp, trying to make all these things in my head of what I think I could do to win this race, and just watching how it was playing out, just idling around there before before the restart. I think if he goes back to the top and he gets the cushion like he was, he's going to be very tight, and that's exactly how it played out in my head, and it just worked out. Hey, Brian, congratulations on the big win. I don't think I've ever seen anybody as masterful of coming off the high side of turn two at Knoxville Raceway as you and all my years of watching races. But tell me the big difference of doing that. It's one thing to do it with more power in a 410 car, but to also pull that up in a 360. Uh, but uh, you, you made it work in that 360 car the other night. Just kind of talk about uh, coming off the high side of turn two. You're really good at it. Yeah, and, and I was out there, Scott can attest to this, I was out there at 8 in the morning on Saturday because I felt like for a while here, the last couple of weeks, I haven't got off turn two very good. And I just, I wanted to go out there and look at the track while they were prepping it to see if there was something I could see that why, 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 you know, why am I having trouble here? And I really didn't see anything that was different than normal. But so I knew at that point, I got to change my driving style a little bit when I got over there. And for the first 
10 laps of that race, I, I just felt like I had a couple weeks before that I just wasn't getting off there very well. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to try something a little bit different when I get around there to the next lap. And I, I did something a little bit different. And it's like, gosh, I cured that problem. And you could just feel my car, you know, leave straighter. And I actually was starting to gain on him. So I felt like I found something there that will help me this week too. But yeah, I mean, if you can get off turn two, very good. There's, it's it's a hard place because that's it's where cars come across the track. It's where you know things like that. You know, it's just a different kind of a transition there, and it's it's the off of turn four and off of turn two. It's a key part of the track that really doesn't get a lot of attention sometimes. So it's all important, but getting off those two corners, you know, are, are very important. Also, I was going to ask you. I have a question for you, Kirk. Are you taking questions? Uh yeah, sure. Why not? What I'm hearing a little birdie told me that I guess pre-race or, or during your show or something Saturday, you guys were able to pick who you thought was going to win the race, and you had first pick, and you picked Aaron Reitzel. Well, I did, but I, I, you know, I was just trying to be different, Brian. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that I knew that Scott would pick you, so I said I, I just got to be different about it. But guess what? I lost the bet, and I got to pay. Uh, I got to pay a big dinner to uh, Scott Trailer, so you know well, it's all good. Do I get to come at least? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. All right, I just want to. Yeah, we'll invite you too. I, I heard a, a little birdie told me, "Hey, that Kirk, yeah. Kirk's one of your biggest fans, but he cho- he went against you." So I just wanted to, yeah. I just wanted to ask if that was yeah. true or not. Well, I just had to be different. I was still rooting for you though, so hey, you know hey, I'm happy hey, I lost well, the bet, but it's going to cost me a lot of money because we're going to be going uh, to a really big time restaurant to uh pay this right, off. I'll let you, I'll let you off the hook then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you you know me, Brian. I'm always going to pick you because you're the man at Knoxville, to be honest with you. And right now you are the man up at Knoxville right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's uh I I was very excited about how last night went too, you know, um obviously we got rained out, so like what you know, what's there to be excited about, but you know, I I went out 51st out of 59 cars and set fast time overall you know when i don't really feel like that 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 was a very good time for when we went out my car my car felt phenomenal my engine felt great just uh i'm excited man so we'll just uh see how everything plays out this week it's just good to be it's good to be fast at the right time of the year and you know it's like a base i told chad after qualifying i said man i just feel like the basketball goal is huge like i'm shooting you know i'm shooting a small ball and the ball and the goal you know, you talk about sports, whether they're hitting a baseball and the ball seems, I just feel like I'm we're in a zone right now, and I feel like I'm driving very good. My cars are very, very good. I just I like where we are as a team, man. We got through we got through this last couple of days unscathed, no crash cars, no no tore up engines. I'm in good shape, so uh, I'm 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 ready to get after it this week. Hey, uh, hey. I'm, Brian, I'm glad you brought up that time trial that you set last night. That was awesome to go out as late as you did and pull that number off, and we all know how big that is when it comes to, I assume you'll be Thursday night, setting that, that lap, that time trial is huge for the Nationals. Yeah, it is, and, you know, you're not always going to get that perfect perfect draw of being, you know, the first 10 cars out. I mean, you could be the last 10 cars out or the last car out. you guys got to have a car that's capable of going out at any time and, and setting a good time, and, you know, just – Last night, I didn't feel like quick time was out there when I went out there. I felt like, you know, I went a 15.715, I think. And, I mean, I was hoping, based on the cars around me, to be in that 15.9 range. And if, if I ran a good lap, maybe 15.8. But I didn't I didn't feel like quick time was out there. And, you know, to go out there and do that, um, that just 
confidence, man. Confidence builds confidence, and 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 I think that that was a good good confidence builder for our team. And you know, I, I won the race last night, one hundred percent. But I didn't think I didn't know that the track was going to be after the rain again. I didn't know if it was going to be anything we could learn. You know, it's going to help us for this week. So at that, for money and you know prestige, but. It's risk first reward at that point. That's my Knoxville Nationals car and engine. So I just I felt like if we got rained out, it wasn't the end of the world. We got in there, got a few laps to make sure everything was like it should be, and um, you know that was kind of kind of all 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 that ended that well. So yeah. Hey Brian, let me ask you: What do you think your chances are this week winning the four ten nationals? Do you th- do you feel good about yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel great. Um, I feel great about it, but a lot can happen. You know, I always say it all the time, just, you know, yeah, we think we have a chance to win, and so does 50 other people. But, you know, a lot of things, you have to get to your qualifying night unscathed. You cannot win it on your qualifying night, but you can definitely lose at Knoxville Nationals on your qualifying night. So just want to get in there, and we don't have to be the high point, man. Just I just want a, a solid night. Just uh, get us in get us in that first two or three, four rows for Saturday night. I feel like if we get in that situation with what we know as a team and, and how good my cars have been and how good I've been driving, I feel like that if we can see the front, I think we'll we'll be dangerous on Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, Brian, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us this morning, man. We, 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 you know, you're our guy, right? You're, you're our hometown guy, and we're always going to be pulling for you. You know that, right? Yep, I know it, man. I appreciate you guys. Like I said, it's been, it's been a long time. I, I remember coming on your show early, early, early in my career, and just, uh, just it's been an honor all the years. And like I said, it's, it's cool to carry. You know, uh, carry the banner for for Kansas City and carry the banner for Missouri. You know, what I mean, they fly that flag. It's because I'm proud of where I come from, man. I'm, I love a lot, of, a lot of motorsports history in, in Kansas City, in, in Missouri, in, in general. And for me to be able to help kind of carry that flag and carry it on from from what the Weld brothers did to what Danny did and to where we're doing right. now, um, like that's that's an honor and something I don't take lightly and something I want to I want to make Kansas City and, and Missouri proud of us. You know. Right. All right. Hey, what hey, what, what, what listen, restaurant are we going on. to, Scott? What restaurant oh, are we going to? Hold on. Just before we go in that direction, I just want to say this. Brian, Kirk Elliott says the Chiefs are not going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> so, so let me get this straight. He picked against me on Saturday, right? And yeah. now he's picking against Mahomes. Right, what, Kirk, are you – do we need to get you a schedule of doctor's appointment? Is your everything all right upstairs? All the wires are still they're not crossed, are they? Well, see, I'm always wrong when I make predictions. So that that means uh, that uh, if I'm wrong, that means that everything will work out great for everybody. That's kind of the way I look. All at All right, mm-hmm. Chief, as long as we have my homes, we're we're going to be good, Kurt. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Brian, thanks so much for joining us, man. We can't thank you enough. Hey, listen, I want to get a, I want to get one of your diecasts so we can put them on our set. Can we get okay, one from deal. you? Yep, deal. We can, we can make it happen. All right, thanks, buddy. We you guys appreciate take care. you. Thank you guys very much. If we do something good this week. We'll get back on and, and talk up, talk about it.
Congratulations, Brian. All right, you guys take care, man. Thank Thanks, you very man. much. Take care. See you, man. All right, Bye. buddy. There you have it, Blackjack Brian Brown joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, did you find out where they're going to race this week? Uh, electri- there are the Minnesota uh, Lightning Sprint Nationals uh, is going on this week, so they're off this weekend, but they're back on Friday the 18th at Electric City Speedway. And by the way, Stanley Kreisel won his second. Uh, feature on Saturday night down at Nevada Speedway. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them 
for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod Chase ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And joining us now on the show is a good friend of the Racing Boys, Chase Rodman, joins us now. Chase, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, just um, trying to recover after night number one here. Might have went a little bit too hard for the start of the week, but we're, we're doing all right. Right. So uh, let me ask you about the uh, 360 Nationals. What did you think of the finish of that 360 National race? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, it, it was pretty darn good. You know, uh, I, I didn't get to watch the whole feature because obviously we were racing uh, the same night. But um, saw that finish, and that, there's not much more you can ask for uh, for excitement. That was that was pretty awesome. Guy leads 29 and 29.98, you know, of the laps and, and Brian Brown able to sneak by him there and, and pass him. So, uh, that was pretty awesome. Obviously there was a lot of passing Rico 24th to third. That's pretty crazy. So, uh, hopefully that's a sign of things to come track should be in uh, probably good shape for this week. I think, you know, it, 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 it was kind of amazing at one point during that race, blackjack, Brian Brown and Aaron Reitzel were about 12 car lengths back from lapping Rico Abreu. And Rico ended up running third in that race. That's that's a remarkable feat, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive, especially how you know Rico didn't really seem to be a factor, uh, you know, on his prelim night, and you know, barely. And it sounds like he barely even transferred in through the through the B. Um, you know, last guy to transfer in, and it did it with just a couple laps to go to make that pass and. Um, yeah, but man, he must've figured something out there late in that race because he was, he was on the move and that just further proves that I think he's one of the favorites for, you know, the big one this week, you know, him and him and too I think are the two guys, but yeah, Rico, uh, that was, that was really cool to see him go 24th to third and uh, he meant maybe that was a 35, 40 lap race. He could have gotten up there and maybe won that thing from last. Kurt, uh, he and Kyle Larson were really mixing it up. At Peebley on Saturday night, Shuart, the million-dollar man, but he wasn't afraid to pull the sliders on Kyle Larson the other night. He just didn't make the last one stick, but, boy, he 
he really served notice, I thought. Yeah, I mean, really, that whole race, I've, I mean, that's just what you – that's what you look for in a sprint car race. You know, I think it doesn't get much better than what we saw at Peavley on, on Saturday night. Great, great track, great surface. Um, and two guys that we've seen over the last couple of years have some pretty incredible battles and do it all over again. So, uh, yeah, that was so much fun. My jaw hit the, hit the ground in the pit area a couple of times throughout that race from just some of the stuff I was seeing out there on the racetrack. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. And, um, well, it's pretty rare when you got all three guys down on the for the podium interviews. They're all smiling. That's pretty rare, and that's what we saw uh, on on Saturday night. You know that race between Kyle Larson and Logan Schuhart, man. That was a that was a barn burner, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, just back and forth. The last you know six laps or so, where it was it what everybody's going to remember? But yeah, the first part of the race was was pretty good too. Uh, you know, mid pack with. You know, Carson Macedo and uh, Gravel, when he had his nose wing problem, and, and you know, Sweet and uh, a couple other guys got up in there too. So uh, the whole race was, was really good. But yeah, that battle between Logan and Kyle, um, Kyle and Kyle mentioned in, in Victory Lane that, you know, Logan's going to run you hard. Uh, he'll, he'll keep you honest. And, uh, you know, he's, Logan's probably been on the losing end of these battles at Larson recently, but man, uh, he's been a part of a lot of good ones. So, uh, great, great stuff at Peebley. You know, the first night was not what you what you want to see out of that place, and there's nothing really they could do about it, but they nailed it. Absolutely nailed it uh, on Saturday. And that just goes to show that place um, when it's right. Uh, there ain't many places better than that. Uh, what happened to James McFadden? Looked like he had a fast race car there. What happened to him? Yeah, he hit the wall there early in the race and uh, broke the steering box. So... Um, that's going to be a pretty tough fix in the in the uh, you know work area. So that sucks to see because you know he mentioned to us in the dash draw that that's his favorite race of the year. He wants to win that one pretty bad. He's been close in the past, but couldn't quite pull it off, obviously. But uh, that that sucks to see because he was he looked pretty good and um, just made a mistake, man. I feel like that turn two wall sneaks up on those guys pretty quick at that place. Sheldon Hoddenshield on Friday night uh, in the dash. Uh, had had some mechanical issues there. They tried to roll that car out for the A main on Friday night and couldn't make it happen. He's always a guy you think is going to be pretty strong there. Just kind of talk about Sheldon, a bad night on Friday, but uh, Saturday night he finishes 10th in the A main. Yeah, and the dash, it sounded like they had a, um, you know, they had a U-joint problem. Uh, and I guess that they weren't able to get that fixed on Friday. And then he went out for the feature and fired it off and uh, didn't even make a lap in the feature, you know, so, which was pretty devastating because I, I want to say he lost two positions in the point standings after that right there. He went from fifth to seventh in points. And that moved from Geo Cells. I think he went from seventh to fifth or sixth to fifth or something. But yeah, not a good night, really not a good weekend from Sheldon. As, you know, we always expect to see him running up front there uh, at that place, obviously. Uh, we've seen him do some incredible things at that racetrack, but just just wasn't his weekend, you know. Um, had some had some issues on Saturday. Uh, him and Gravel had a great battle in the heat race, and he just barely missed the transfer to the dash. Uh, but you know, if he would have been in that dash, maybe that would have been a different story. But uh, just didn't quite have it all put together for Saturday. You know, tenth place isn't what he wants, but um, hopefully they can you know use that uh, and and hopefully have a good run here this week. 
Yeah, we start on Wednesday night with the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, kind of give me a rundown on who do you think are the, the biggest favorites going into this weekend? Yeah, right now, uh, the, the guys I'm watching to uh, to be good, obviously I mentioned two of them a minute ago uh, with Rico and and uh, and Shuhart, and obviously – you can't uh, you can't count out Larson. Obviously, I mean he's going to be there no matter what. Uh, he could start 15th in the race, and, and he's still going to find his way to the front at the end. So, um, gravel. He's been super good all year long on the half miles. He won a couple races at Volusia this year at the very beginning, uh, and he's been good on the other half miles as well this season. So, uh, in my opinion, though, the two guys that I think everybody's going to be you know watching for is Shuhart and Rico. They've been Rico's been the best car in the country all year, and Shuhart's been very good on half miles too. Got that win at the Grove. Got the obviously two wins this year at Eldora. So he won a prelim night here last year. Uh, hopefully this time though, if he's able to win the prelim night, hopefully it's enough to to lock him into the show on Saturday. I remember that was pretty crazy stuff last year. He won the prelim night and didn't even lock it in. So um, we'll see if he what he can do uh, what he can do this week. Good to see Jacob Allen back behind the wheel of the one A car. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I didn't think, uh, you know, that break of his was going to be that short. You know, obviously I didn't get to talk to you guys last week. I was on a plane. But, uh, yeah, he was he was back at Weed Sport. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just needed, a, just needed a, a night or a couple nights to, you know, get stuff back together. So, yeah, I don't think uh, we'll be seeing him taking another break here for the rest of the year. I think he's going to be doing all right. So hopefully – you know, he can have a, a good a good week here. You know, last year was a, it was a breakout season for him. He, he won a prelim night here last year, shark racing swept a prelim night. So we'll see if this could be a place for Jacob to maybe get things turned around for the season because they just haven't really lived up to the expectations that people were hoping for from 2022. Talk hey, about do, – go ahead. Do you, do, do you think that Kyle Larson is the fan favorite for most of the fans in the grandstands this weekend? I think he's the fan favorite everywhere. Um, you know, it's I, I pay attention to that. You know, if it's a heat race or if it's qualifying or whatever, whenever his, na- his name is announced, people are are cheering no matter what. You know, not not everybody can say that about every other driver. You know, uh, but he's definitely the fan favorite for sure. Uh, Rico, obviously, he's always been a fan favorite. But yeah, if if I if I had to choose one guy to say that who's the who's the fans. Uh, favorite driver in the field i'd say larson man he's just um he's always exciting he's he he's pretty humble guy um and uh you know he's he's just uh doing things that we're never probably going to see again in this sport i don't think yeah hey let me ask you this do you think there's some fans in the grandstands because you know you hear a lot of cheers for donnie shots right now and do you think the fans in the grandstands are going to kind of be pulling for donnie shots a little bit I think so, especially everybody knows the history on the line, right? Uh, if he can win one more Nationals, man, he's going to be tied for the most of all time. And, you know, people that have been coming here for a long time, they know that that's a possibility. So I think people will be pulling for shots. Um, you know, I know I will. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big shots fan. I, I think that the days of him getting booed in victory lane in Knoxville are, are long gone. The days of him getting booed at all, really, I feel like are long gone. Um, people right. just do it. I feel like just to be a smart ass really at this point, you know? So, um, yeah, I think they will be rooting for Donnie. Uh, I don't see how you can't root for him with, you know, the struggles that team's been through the last couple of years. 
to see him get that Kings Royal was huge. But uh, if he can get a Nationals, man, that would be awesome. But I will say, you know, I was actually talking to Donnie the other night. I ran into him on the elevator at Peasley uh, at the hotel. And, you know, we were talking about how, you know, it's, it is kind of cool to see uh, all the big races so far this year. It's not been one guy dominating. I mean, you know, you get all this money coming to sprint car racing. It's good to see that being, you know, spread out to a couple different teams along the way. So I wouldn't mind seeing somebody that hasn't won a crown jewel this year win uh, and just spread that money out a little bit more, you know. Uh, yeah. Let's not forget, of course, Donnie Schatz is the defending winner of the Knoxville Nationals, and there's only three times since 2000 that he's not finished either first or second. Chew on that for a minute. Only three times in the last two decades he's not finished either first or second. How about that? I mean, that's – when will we ever see something like that again? You know, I think it's – I don't think it'll ever happen again, right? I mean, that is literally the craziest stat of all time. Uh, finish first or second uh, that many years in a row is literally crazy. So uh, I hope that he can keep that streak alive. I think that's something that he you know, thinks about too. So, um, yeah, uh, that just goes to show that it doesn't matter what kind of season they're having. They're going to be up there. They're going to be uh, in the mix. Um, and luckily that, that Kings Royal win kind of showed that he's, that that team still got the speed. They could still get the job done. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that is crazy. And I, I really do hope to see that continue on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's to think he only had three bad nights at the nationals in the last two decades. I mean, that, that's just absolutely incredible. I want to ask you about Corey day, uh, coming from 15th to fourth the other night, he got into the fence on Friday night. Uh, and they had to call the race short by 11 laps. But Saturday night, 15th of 4th for Corey Day. He's a really young star uh, on the rise. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do this week. You know, he was he was not too bad um, here last year. You know, he uh, didn't make the show, obviously, but he could. he was figuring it out more and more as you could see throughout the week. So, um, he was good at Peebly. First night, he was just trying to figure it out on a track that isn't exactly what we're used to seeing there, obviously. But um, once they got the track where we're used to seeing Peebly, he seemed to be pretty good. You know, ran fourth, so uh, not too bad for his first time there. And then uh, this, you know, this week, I think if he can just get qualified in a decent spot, he could definitely be uh, a factor for uh, potentially, you know, locking himself in uh, for Saturday night. Um, so we'll see what he can do. Uh, he is definitely the future. You know, I think he's going to be full-time outlaw guy here in the coming years. So he's the future of the sport for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I got to step back. I think the, the, the power under the hood of that Ford motor with Donnie shots, I think that thing has got more than enough power to win that race. Don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, he showed that last year, right? Um, there's plenty plenty of power and that's kind of the thing he's always been talking about here recently was it's almost got too much uh mm -hmm. too much horsepower um and that's kind of been their issue is you know donnie's always been so good at you know uh running the middle or and you know feathering the throttle and being able to do that but that's kind of been their issue with that motor it's just got so much power it's hard for him to do that you know so um it was perfect at eldora because all you had to do was hold it wide open that night because the track was right uh you know was not exactly what we're used to seeing there, but yeah, right. I mean, he's definitely, 
they're they're definitely not lacking power. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it, there's nobody better that that runs the middle better than Donnie Schatz, is there? No, uh, you know I feel like that's kind of been uh, ever since I've been watching smart car racing. That's kind of always been. I don't know if it's a running joke or whatever, but it's always been, hey, you know, he's he's trying to float the middle like like Donnie Schatz does, right? I mean, that, you don't say that about anybody else in sprint right. car racing, really. So um, we'll see if he can uh, he'll, we'll see if he can uh, make some magic happen this week. But you know, he's also super good at running the bottom here, you know, and you got to be able to run the bottom good in here to be able to win the Knoxville Nationals, and we saw we saw that last year with him. Hey, uh, uh, let me just let me just tell you something about this racetrack. This track is heavy right now. We've had a lot of rain here this week. This track is going to be really ultra fast this week, and it 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 it, it just. I'm sitting here looking at it right now from the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and let me tell you something. This track has got tons of moisture in it. It's going to be really fast this week. Yeah, um, it's going to be exciting, uh, and that's good for those guys that might draw a late pill, you know, tomorrow. Hopefully the track sticks around for a little bit longer with uh, all that grip you're talking about. So, uh, man, I wish we could have seen the race last night, you know, and because it was kind of like the obviously the last tune-up before everything right. gets going here, especially for some of those outlaw guys that maybe didn't have a good June uh, when we came in here uh, earlier this year so. Kind of a, you know, I, I've i been here for, I think it's my third Nationals, and I haven't seen the Capitani Classic rain out before, so that could be uh, that could be valuable, you know, that could be a missing, you know, missing some valuable time on the racetrack for some of these guys, so we'll see, yeah. uh, we'll see who's going to be good and who's not, um, you know, their last chance to get a good setup going, and uh, went out the window last night. Kirk, um, last night, Brian Brown went out, what did he... Did he go up 57th, and he was the fast qualifier last night? Yeah, he was the over, he set overall quick time last night, so he went out late. Well, they had wow, 60 some, they had about 60-some cars there last night, didn't they, Don? Right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he, he I, I did not fast. realize he went out that late. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt. Hey, I was going to ask you about the extreme outlaw midgets that were at Peebley over the weekend. Jade Abedician, another victory. Boy, she's putting on a show, is she not? Yeah, um, I think uh, you know Toyota's finally found uh, the the driver that you know that that female driver that they're looking for. You know, she's uh, definitely not scared. That's that's pretty evident at this point in time with her. You know, she's already got what four wins or something this year with Extreme. So there's a couple moments this weekend where I was like, holy cow, she is gonna put that thing on its lid. But she was able to, you know keep it on all fours and uh yeah she's just definitely not scared she knows how to race uh she is friends with a lot of really good race car drivers that i'm sure are giving her some good tips and whatnot uh, and the crazy thing to me is you, you look at her and think there's no like if you didn't know who that was you would not think that, that jade avidician was was a race car driver you know if you just looked at right. her but man she's uh she's definitely not afraid of, of the gas pedal as we've seen the last uh, couple weeks here you know, I, I in my eyes, I think Jade Avedesian is the best female racer in the business right now. I I don't know about what other people like uh, Tyler Reimer. Uh, I I don't know about that or not, but Jade Avedesian, I think she is the best female racer going right now. Well, I thought Taylor, Taylor had Taylor did pretty well the other night. She ran she ran third the other night. Yeah. 
Yeah, she wasn't bad. She had two. Uh, I think she had top five both nights. Um, yeah, she wasn't too bad. But yeah, Jade right now, I think she's kind of got the edge over. I guess the next best would be Kaylee Bryson, who's kind of been branching out doing some some wing wing car stuff and some Silver Crown racing a little bit. So um, you know, obviously Kaylee was the first girl I believe to ever make the Chili Bowl main event. So she's. Uh, I'd say right now it's it's a close fight between those two who's the best uh, female driver out there right now but Jade's yeah. definitely making her case uh that she's the best you know she's already won a bunch of races I don't think Kaylee's won nearly as many races in a midget as Jade has already so uh yeah I guess Jade would would probably be uh the leader of that clubhouse right now yeah no doubt hey Chase thanks so much for taking the time to join us each and every week here on Mostly Motorsports we can't thank you enough for doing so um, it, it's a real pleasure to have you on and get your expertise every week. And we can't thank you enough for doing so. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, it's going to be a fun week. Scott, maybe we'll see you running around here at some point in time. I'm over here at the racetrack right now. We're about to start setting up our, our broadcast stuff. So, uh, thanks for having me on and we'll talk to you guys next Monday. I promise right. you, I promise you this time, Chase, we'll hook up, uh, up there at Knoxville this time so we there missed, we go we missed Let's each other at eldora and Houston's, but knoxville will get it done sounds like a plan all right thanks guys thanks chase. all right thank you thank you chase um there you have it chase rodman joining us here on mostly motorsports man it, it, it's always good to have the guy that's in the trenches like chase rodman to join us here on the show each and every week man it, it, it's just a pleasure to have him on isn't it, Kurt? Yeah, he's doing a great job covering the uh, pit area for the outlaws. He's uh, uh, he's so studious. Yeah, you know no, he, he knows he, what he's he, talking he, about. He knows exactly what he's talking about. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to be running down at Electric City Speedway coming up here next week. So get down there and check them out. We'll we'll be right back with more. Mostly motorsports when we continue. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. I don't have that sheet with me. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. 
Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my one neck minute, and one minute. spinal cord injury. I'm in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down on Electric City Speedway next week. Kirk Elliott back at the RBN Studios. I'm up here at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And, man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like being at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, Kirk. They've got the Williams Grove display going on right now, and they are also giving away that Corvette, right? 
Uh, they do, and Scott, I was in there yesterday, and I spent uh, I spent some of the racing boys' money on those uh, tickets for the uh, Corvette coming up. How so. much? How, how much did you buy, Kurt? Uh, three hundred and fifty dollars. Three hundred and fifty dollars. How many tickets did we get for that? Uh, I don't have that number right off the top of my head right now, but it it it's it's a few. And you, and you get uh, an additional amount of tickets percentage-wise if you go that amount. So I forgot exactly what the number is. but we've got Should to... I go down and buy some more tickets? Well, that's up to you, whatever you want to do. I'm just saying the racing boys spent some money. So Yeah. But if you and then I renewed my membership you to the Hall and of Fame. You, while you I was don't there. know how many tickets we got. I I got it written down here. I I can't remember exactly what it was. But it's But but that that's for $350 you got a you you got a lot of tickets though, yeah. right? Yeah. So we got we got a shot at this thing. We got so. 300 300 tickets. Yeah. 300 tickets. 300, 300, 300 tickets for $350. We're looking at right now. So Then you get some additional tickets on top of that, don't you? Right. For so $25 get you 10 tickets, 50, 25, $100 get you 65 and go all the way up. If you spend $2,000, you can get you 2,600 tickets. So That's go, a lot of tickets. So if you went ahead and just that, dropped two grand, can you get you 2,600 tickets? Well... But that's, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend two thousand. I was gonna say if you're gonna spend two thousand, you know, there's a producer over here that's needing. I'm I'm driving a car that's from two thousand twelve. Hey, Todd, <laughs> if we win that car, you'll get to drive it. I'm, I might need a daily driver. I can't use that as my daily driver. Maybe we. No, can. You, 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 you're not gonna be using it as a daily driver because that car is gonna be sitting in the garage with a car, with a tarp over. Yeah, maybe we could use it as a promotional car. I'm going to go out to Kansas Speedway. Maybe we just put big, giant racing boys down yep. the side of it. Pat Warren let us take it out and to the Speedway. We could go out on there. That couple. could be dangerous. Yeah. That, <laughs> just be just dangerous. so you know. Listen, because if if I get that car out on the Kansas Speedway, there's no way that I'm not going to go fast in that car. Well, maybe they can open up the, the road course like they did for me and Kirk when we did the Oh yeah, you did the uh, yeah because they, yeah, they had a Corvette mm-hmm. that day. I was in the Porsche, Kirk was in the Ferrari. We could just go out there and see if we can scrounge us up three and four more cars and have a did race. That, did it. that really happen, Todd? I know. I keep telling my wife that I'm I'm amazed that, that almost that seems like that was a dream. I mean, I can't I can't believe that happened. Hey, hey Kirk, but you stalled the car out a few times, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, but we still had fun. You know, at least I didn't wreck it. That would have been, well, that would not have been good. Hey, listen, we we know that you, you you've you've got a little issue with wrecking once in a while. Well, yeah, once in a while, but uh, I'll tell you this: the uh, you still got time to get entered for the uh, 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package. Uh, the drawing is not until. August 19th, that's on a Saturday. They're, they're going to quit selling tickets on Sunday the 13th. The drawing is on the 19th. So win a Z06Corvette.com uh, and get signed up. And also they got the Sprint Car Raffle, which will be on 2024, December 2024. So you can buy you can tickets through. to the, the full Sprint Car as well. So 
Uh, all of that going on at the Hall of Fame. I spent some time up there yesterday afternoon, talked to some people, saw Bob, and had a great time at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. I even was in the movie theater there for a little while yesterday while it was raining. That is, by the way, if it's raining at Knoxville, there's no better place to be than the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and museum. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Um, and they're also going to be giving away the Sprint Car next year, right, Kurt? Yes, 2024 will be. They do that every two years. But they've got the Sprint Car. They're taking tickets for that as we speak. So so you can buy the raffle tickets for the Sprint Car right yes, now. Absolutely. So, Well, uh, that's what I'll go do, Kirk. Yeah. I think I'll go down and I'll buy some tickets for that Sprint Car. And while I was in there yesterday, I renewed my membership for the uh, – National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Hey, hey, Kirk, did you see our brick? Have you seen our brick? I before? did. I looked at it yesterday. As a matter of fact, if you yeah, Bob showed it to me. Yeah, he he, he found it for us. It's on the and right side of the right elevator. You can't miss yep. it. Yeah, it yeah. says Scott and Kirk Racing Boys. It's there. Yeah, I was going to tell you about that after I saw it yesterday. So yeah, yeah. how about that? We got Trenton now. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's bring our our next guest right now. Let's bring on Trenton Barry. Unfortunately, the bushwhacker at I seventy and the youngins at Lakeside Speedway got rained out. That was a bummer, wasn't it, Trenton? Oh man, it was uh, it was a huge bummer. Um, it really was. And you know, Kansas City had some had some weird weather last week, and it was it was rainy and wet and hot and more rain and I don't know. I just oh, uh, had a little bit of everything. Sucks. Just wasn't real conducive for racing. But you got Wheatland in on Saturday night. You got that in. We did. We did. Yeah. Yep. That was. Uh, you know, it, it looked kind of touch and go by the forecast too. Um, but ultimately, there was no rain Saturday there. Uh, but it looked like there was there was a chance of it, and it was kind of kind of gray and cloudy um, Saturday morning around. And uh, but yeah, we we got it in and. Had a had a good turnout and a, and a pretty good race and all in all, I think everybody after after two days there were about there were about thirty race rigs scattered all across Kansas City there for a couple of days and around everybody was just glad to go do something other than what they were doing by the time Saturday rolled around so um, it was that was great they had a had a real good racetrack uh, it was smooth um, they don't have any character in it um, so it was it was uh, his his good deal. Hey, Trenton, I was watching the uh, drawing for the positions of where they're going to start in the A main. That, that was one of the highlights of the night. The last two positions to be drawn was the front row and so Rodney Sanders and uh, Derek Ramirez. The last two positions to be drawn was the front row. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, you're, you're good. I, I understood. So that was, that was quite a, uh, so it's always fun. We do these these redraws are at the the registration trailer where they sell the t-shirts and everything. And if the the technology and the time both have to work to to allow us to carry those, and we we try to carry them if we can. But what was weird about that was that the you know your seventh and eighth place cars and points got the front row. So they had drawn the first six guys had drawn six six um, chips out of the bag but they'd left the front row wide open. And that, that wasn't something that happened a whole lot. And it turned out seven and eight are two of the best drivers in the whole tour, uh, Sanders and Ramirez. And 
those two guys wound up on the front row. So I, yeah, that was that was definitely uh, more on the bizarre side of the way that the redraws typically uh, work out for sure. That was not not the normal. Turned out to be a big deal for both uh, Sanders and Ramirez, though, did it not? Yeah, no, it did, and and it was huge for both of them. And then you know, wound up talking to talking to those two guys on the front stretch along with Phillips after the race was over. So it was pretty uh, pretty critical to <clears throat> to have that front row, you know. And it's it's not a it's not an absolute that you have to be in the redraw to win one of these races, but you don't win a don't have a whole lot of winners outside of the front four rows, really. Um, you occasionally get somebody that will slide from a B main that that hits on something, or the racetrack comes to them, or whatever had a had a bad run in time trials or you know whatever the case may be that that puts one of the really good uh one of the really good shoes back a little bit but uh, by and large your race winners coming out of those front four rows typically and so um that paid huge dividends for for those guys and you know in saying that as well phillips was on the bad side of the redraws he was up high in points and he he uh, they redrew an eight his crew chief Tommy Boy redrew an eight for him, so TP got buried back. But he had a terrific race car because he he went ahead and passed five cars and came up to finish third. Well, if your race car's that good, think about what if you know if TP would have started on the front row, he he could have checked out and been gone on that thing just just as easily. I think. Mm-hmm. Kurt, uh, how'd it go down there at Wheatland this weekend? Yeah, it was, it was good. It was. Uh, Man, it was pretty, pretty straightforward night. The the weather uh, weather cleared up and uh, sunshine, and it was kind of hot in the afternoon, which you'd expect this time of year. Um, and it was it was good. had a, had a pretty good crowd, and the track was good. And, uh, had a bunch of good support support class cars too. They ran three of their weekly divisions, uh, which was was neat to see as well. So, um, yeah, I had almost a hundred cars in the pits. I don't. Really, nothing you could. Uh, really, nothing you could say was was not not done uh, not done well. Uh, a couple of big movers in the race: Tanner Mullins, sixteenth, the fifth, and the Chisholm boys look like they uh, passed a lot of cars the other night. Uh, Jim Chisholm, especially twenty-first yeah. to sixth. How about that? Or eighth, twenty-first yeah. to eighth. Yeah, both both of them, and and I had had an eye on them a little bit through the A main too. It's it's hard watching those A-mains because I'm, I'm so locked in on those top, typically top four. We interviewed the top three after the race, but I got to, I try to find something during that race. I can, can ask of note to, you know, second and third place, the guys that didn't win the race and whatever. So and, and inevitably I get locked in on the, the front of the race all the time when I'm watching, but um, I did, I did catch that Tanner was pushing through there and Jim Chisholm as well. Jim's had several nights now that he's not got qualified very good, but, but he's raced really well. And uh, and then has done this. He's done this quite a bit here recently. And I, I think I think the way he's rolling right now, he's going to have to be one of the favorites in this this deal coming up at, at Mason City here in a couple of weeks. I mean, he's he's on a roll, and that's kind of his home race track up there coming up. But he he did a great job Saturday, and Tanner did too. That's he expect those runs out of out of Mullins as well. I thought the biggest challenger to Rodney Sanders had to be Tyler Wolf. Yeah, except he spun the car early yes. in the race, but he's still able to rally back to 11th. But what happened to Tyler there? Because I thought maybe he had something there for Sanders. Yeah, he just, uh, it was over. That was over. I was in that corner, and it just, it looked to me like, I think it's talked to him after the race, but looked to me like he just got his tires up and over there. And the way that is, 
so it flattens off to a shelf right there in four. So the, the track does not go all the way to the wall right there. It doesn't in either turn. Obviously, in one, they, they slide up there and pull off the racetrack. So you can see it's a little more pronounced. But it also levels off over in three and four uh, right there. And so he just got, got up there on the, the flat part of the racetrack and off, off the bank, and it looked to me like and uh, looked it at. He had a really good recovery, and he would have probably been a challenger. Um to, to the outcome of that race, I'd, I'd say for sure, uh, especially where he was at and how, how good he was rolling. So, yeah, it's good to see yeah. there wasn't any damage. That, that was the only yellow, too. You know, he had a had a huge green flag run. That race really needed – it really needed a yellow with about five to go, I think, honestly. Right, um, right. In a, in a best-case best scenario. But in, in saying that, you don't, want, you don't want somebody to tear up to, to cause the yellow. But, man, if he could have just, just had a chance to, to restack them there – I'd like to see uh, no traffic. You know, they, the guys just dealt with lap traffic for so long. But it was crazy because when Rodney get to lap traffic, he'd figure out what, what to do, and he didn't seem to hold him up very long. And, you know, some of those times you kind of need that lap traffic to hold that leader up to, to make that race a little more uh, a little more exciting right there in the moment. But it was a good show nonetheless, and, and it was good. I mean, gosh, after two days of rainouts, I mean, I – I know those racers looking at the same four walls of their rigs had to be going crazy. Luckily, they were in Kansas City, so a lot of them had different things to do. Some of them were out at the Legends, and a bunch of them were at the Maristar. So, you know, there there was stuff to do. But, man, you just get kind of sick of sitting around waiting and wondering and playing the what-if game. You know, it, yeah. it was just great to great to get back and do something normal. Hey, uh, I got to mention about Tanner Mullins. He, he won B feature number two. He started 16th. He worked his way up to fifth. Man, he, he, he was on a roll, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And, and he's seen Tanner do this quite a bit. Um, sometimes he just doesn't get qualified very good. And, um, man, it just, I, for whatever reason, it's so tough, too. He'll tell you sometimes, he says, man, I just kind of struggle getting timed in. And, and if you don't hit that thing just right and you get buried too far back, it's, it's a tough hole to climb out of, for sure, uh, especially with, you know, as many good cars are still. I mean, guys, we're in the in the middle of August right now, and we're still carrying this many race cars. We had 38 in the pits, and I think we're carrying close to 20 full time cars right now, and that's that's pretty remarkable um, to to be that that late in the season and still have that many guys coming. And so, if if things just don't go your way, it's such a man. It's such a razor thin margin. You know, you wanna you wanna hit the invert, but it'd be better if you don't hit the invert in the third row. It'd be better if you hit that invert in the second row, really, for for your, you know, the guys that are really going to run up front every week. They want to probably roll off that second row for the heat race. Um, and, and if that stuff just doesn't work out and you can't get forward, then all of a sudden, you know, pretty quickly you're in a B main because they're only taking the top 12 uh, yeah. out, of, out of heat races. So it just, it just happens. And, you know, you see, you know, guys like Tanner doesn't surprise you when you really got to, Guys really got to get up on the wheel and race, um, mm-hmm. and find 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 a way to make something happen. He he can usually do that, right? Hey, let me let me talk a little bit about the USRA B mods. Ryan Gilmore won. Tell me a little bit about that driver. Yeah, oh yeah. So Gilmore won the USRA Nationals last year, and uh, you know Gilmore's got one of the more interesting stories because he was shoot when he was a kid, he was a race photographer and uh race go-karts and he took then back in our earlier years he he 
sent us pictures from the races where he was at. And, um, got in the Midwest mod initially and started winning races. Got in the B mod, started winning races. Um, he's raced. Uh, uh, he's raced a modified some. He's raced a cash money late model some. He's been very good in those. Um, Ryan Gilmore is interesting because Ryan Gilmore has talent far and above the B mod division. He's just racing in a spot that he can afford to do it. Is is, mm-hmm. is the honest honest truth, um, and, and that's that's just where he's at. He is so good. He has such incredible car control. Um, I have so much respect for what what he's done. How is how is uh, how he's built this operation? You know, when and where he decides to go race. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan. And right. Um, had a had a good race there Saturday. That was his first win at Wheatland for this year, but he also doesn't doesn't go race there every week either. He just he yeah. kind of kind of uh, moves around here and there. He was going to go run Lakeside Friday uh, before it rained out too. So he went yeah. to Humboldt and he won at Humboldt on Friday. Hey, let let me ask you: out of all the B mod drivers that that run USRA around our area, who do you think is the best? Is it Mark Schaffman? Is is he probably one of the best? I mean, he's probably he's probably close. I I mean, I I think it's I mean, I, uh, tough. Uh, there's a, there's a really I know, good that, pocket. That's and, a tough spot to put you in. I know that, right? It is. I mean, so there, there's a. Well, let me let me first off say this. I don't I don't really love that we've got professional B mod racing. Um, so I'll I'll just throw that out there first. But it, but it's where we're at, so we might as well just accept it and move on. We have right. we have a incredible amount of talent in the VMod division, and there's also an incredible amount of drama in the VMod division, and uh, both of those are kind of going going hand in hand. So um, it's it's just it's where we're at. So I, I mean, I don't know. Just start listing names. I mean, I think up in Kansas City, I think you're probably the top one in Kansas City. It's probably got to be Shadron Turner, especially right now. Um, he had 29 wins last year, almost won the USRA B-Mod Championship. Uh, I think he's, I believe he's leading the points right now. You know, there's still a lot of racing left to do to figure that out. But uh, that, that Troy Witt team, um, man, those guys come come locked and loaded every, every single time they hit the racetrack. So, I mean, I think they're probably the top team in Kansas City. You want to talk around around Lucas Oil Speedway and, and this part of the country. Uh, Chris Jackson, J.C. Morton, uh, Gilmore are, are right there back and neck more times than not. Uh, you look on the Kansas side right over there, uh, Andy Bryant is always in contention uh, for, for those wins uh, in the, the 28s. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a handful of really, really good ones. Uh, yeah, that are, that are out there doing it in yeah. any given week. Really, it seems like seems like really though. I mean, anytime there's any kind of added money B mod race or B mods racing with the USMTS, it's going to be one of about you know those six or seven guys that are prob- probably probably going to get it done. Right, right. So in in hindsight, the real reason people are professional USRA B mod racers is because they can't afford to run the A mod. Is that right? For sure, or or they're just not willing to. Afford. They either can or aren't willing to. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be tough. Hey, if, it'd be tough if you wanted to go race the modified and you didn't want to go run the USMTS right now. Be hard, be hard. I'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to spend my money to go do it because 
you'd be so limited at, at the places you could go race. I mean, if you want to get locked into a points battle at Wheatland, fine. You want to get locked into a points battle at Lakeside, fine. Uh, you're looking to go race that thing anywhere else. I mean, it's it's going to be spotty at best, and that's just the reality of of where the where the class is at, unfortunately. So, what the guys that want to run modifieds, they have progressively made these B months better, and they have better parts on them, and and better better race components. And now you're seeing that it takes a brand new or one to two to three year old most times chassis that, that's underneath these guys that are running up front winning. They're not they're not doing it with old junk like the class was intended when it started, and it, it has evolved to where there are. You know, it's it's just where where it's at in B-Mod racing. So um, I don't love it, but it's it's here. So um, I I I like the division. Um, I enjoy B-Mod racing when the fields are uh, when the fields are stacked. I, I do. I, I really do. And it's they they it can be really exciting. Um, it can also uh, it can also be dreadfully painful. So it all depends on the number of guys that roll through the pit gate, to be honest. Hey, Trenton, did you see the finish of the 360 national race the other night when Brian Brown beat Aaron Wrightson to the line? So I didn't, I got a, I got a text. I was down in the infield and I got a text that said Brownie had won it. I didn't get to see the finish of it, but I heard it was really close. And that's that's awesome that he was able to win that, I think, too. How about the finish up at the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake between Bobby Pierce and Hudson O'Neill? How about that side-by-side finish after 100 laps? Yeah, and that's, boy, I love Cedar Lake so much. That, that place is so, that's such a terrific racetrack. That doesn't surprise me at all. I, I saw some crowd shots from... Uh, so I don't know. Somebody was up there. Maybe it was the Outlaws that posted it, or the racetrack, or something. But man, they just packed that place out. And I seen some awesome grandstand shots from from Cedar Lake this weekend. So that that made me smile. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of people around Knoxville too. Obviously, Knoxville's got a ridiculously big grandstand that probably never looks good except for Saturday night at the Knoxville Nationals. Even though I know they get a ton of people there all the time. But hey, uh, hey, Trenton. Yeah, that's a good good racing weekend. Hey, just so you know, Kirk Elliott said that the Kansas City Chiefs could not win the Super Bowl again this year. What do you think I about that? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You, you said that they I will said, not win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, but you, you said, said that. Yeah, but you, you said, said that. you said that the Kansas City Chiefs cannot win the. I didn't say that. I said. They're not, you said they're not going to win it this year. I, not That's what likely. You told it's me, hard. Kurt. It's hard to win championships, Scott. That's all I was saying. Hey, but. hey, listen. What do you think about that? All that nonsense there, well, Trenton. So, so it's. I mean, if you look at history, it's really hard to repeat. And that, yeah. So the the Chiefs the Chiefs don't have statistics on their side, uh, but they're certainly good enough too. And I. I, I plan to give them uh, I plan to give them 17 Sundays through the regular season to, to figure out where they're at at least to uh, try to try to see what happens come playoff time. But I mean I you know it's it's hard to if you're if you're data driven and you want to you want to look at it it's it's hard to see that they can repeat. But 
Boy, the team what? team sure looks loaded, don't they? I uh, hey, let, let me say this. Pretty, I, I I think they have the best receiver core they've ever had this year. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know if I quite go that far, but um, they got a bunch of guys that don't cost a lot of money, and that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, somebody out of that deal is going to have to. Somebody's going to have to perform out of their shoes this year to to make this happen if, if they're going to to uh, I, I, I think that Prince sure. is going to be I think Prince is going to be really good. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, he probably will be. He'll probably be probably a pretty good contributor, I'd say. Um I I don't know. I don't know on this. I'm not sold on this receiver situation. I don't I don't know. We football has a lot of August rhetoric that comes to October reality. And uh, I just, oh, I, I want I want to hope like everybody that they're there. Um, uh, yeah, boy, yeah, I, 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 think, I think they're I really think good they're in gonna, a lot of places. I think they're going to have a stellar receiving group this year. I I I, I think I hope, that people are going right. to be blown away by the receivers this year because I've been watching a lot of. Uh, a lot of film and watching a lot of practice, and man, I'm seeing a lot of great. Come catches. on, Scott, you can't take anything away from these pr- uh, training camp film and practice sessions. You can't take anything away from that. Yes, you can, Kirk. No, it's you absolutely can. <laughs> it's practice. <laughs> it's practice, but it, it, it is what it is. These guys are making remarkable catches. Well, yeah, in practice they do. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. They, how um, so hey, we, yeah, we got to figure this Chris Jones mess out. And I, so I was doing this is kind of interesting. So I, I did a bunch of was doing a bunch of radio for my man Art Haynes when when he yep. was a little under the weather there back last year. One of the one of the weeks I, I booked Navy Katie and Nate come on and, and talk Chiefs football with us, and he was the first one that told me this, and nobody was talking about it. And he said he said I got a crazy thought here he said i really feel like the chiefs need to trade chris jones and i said i said whoa that's white hot and that could uh, happen. he said but listen here he he said he said here's why and he gave me all these scenarios and i'll be darned if we're not to the scenario where the chiefs kind of have their back against the wall here and they're gonna have to figure something out what about well, the guy that got it, suspended was, for the first six weeks that's a that's a big yeah. loss right that's that, that that's a little less than stellar too yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, oh, I can tell you this: I'm so ready for it. the Royals are so bad right now. They, even their They're little terrible. streak they were on or still are or whatever. I just can't. I love the Royals and I'll love the Royals for my entire entirety of my life, but I I just can't. I can't get into them. Forty-one just, games not, below five hundred. I'm just not giving them every night. I'm I'm just not doing it. I just I decided earlier this year. Like I'll I'll look at the box scores. I'll read a few game recaps here and there. I'll check on the you know the the wins and losses of the starting pitchers. It's going to be mainly losses, uh, but I'm not I'm not giving them every night. Well, Todd Todd so. and I watched every bit of the Mets series, so we enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Did oh yeah, and and they you know they went on a little bit of a heater here lately, which was was cool to see. Um, anyway, hey, I do I I did I mentioned my guy Art Haynes there. He. He made a little bit of news, guys. He's he's coming back as Chiefs game day. Oh, that's uh, great pre, news! 
Great pre and news. post game for awesome. the radio network this year. Oh, so that's fantastic. I, I just I just heard that Friday night, so I wow. I um, man, I'm I'm pulling for my guy here. I di- I didn't know if that was going to happen. I'm telling you that uh, that Dan Israel that runs the Chiefs radio network is is really something else as far as a a quality human being. So. Um, a lot of people in, in our part of the country, and I know a lot of people in Kansas City are going to be excited to know that. That is awesome yeah, yeah. news. No doubt about it, man. That That's great news. So, hey, All uh, right, can, can we uh, – what about the makeup dates on the, these events we lost last week? Uh, Grant yeah. Young Ann's so Memorial I, and I-70, we're going to make those events up? I-70's dead. Look for Lakeside to be rescheduled late in the year. Um, I've, I've heard the date, but I don't think anybody's put anything else out about it, so – um, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think a late fall Friday night at Lakeside sounds pretty appealing to me, uh, followed yeah. up by a race, uh, just a little bit further down the road. That's not been announced as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I expect Lakeside to probably come out here in the next week or so. I think they've pretty much all but gotten it buttoned up, but, uh, yeah, I certainly be a no go. Hopefully we can get that back on the schedule for next year. I really, I really want to make I seventy work, and and I, I hope I hope they do as well. I, I think the racetrack does too. You know, they they did a really good job this year helping us uh, on the pre event promotion, and um, we're just they're just are super. So um, I'm hopeful we can can get a get a date locked in there here sometime on the the twenty four schedule for the and you're he- you're there. headed to Mason City back uh, return to Mason City for the twenty yeah. fifth anniversary. USMTS Silver Jubilee. That sounds like a big deal. So that's not this weekend, but it's it's the next one. Here's what's crazy about it. It's the only four-day USMTS show on the tour this year. It's got two days of qualifying. It's got a mulligan night and a championship night on Saturday night. So here's something crazy, though. This race is 25000 to win, but it's 2500 to start. Todd has worked the purse up for this event where it's wow. like, it's like twenty five hundred to start, but it's like twenty five fifty or twenty five seventy five or whatever. It's it staggers all the way to the very end. It's the most expensive race purse that he has ever paid out in the history of his promotion. This race at Mason City. They've also worked with uh, a few different manufacturers, and and Jamie Stowen that owns a company called Stowen Racing Engines. They build a lot of USMTS motors. They're going to raffle off a brand new USMTS spec headed. Uh, fully legal, you know, race winning caliber motor. Um, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty thousand dollars. I didn't get the exact sticker price on it, but it's it's in that that realm. They're also doing lap money. A hundred dollars a lap for every one of the seventy five laps in the main event. There's a few of those left if anybody's interested. Um, with that, uh, there's a drawing for twenty five thousand dollars on the final night for everybody that has purchased lap money. So part of that lap money is going into a, a fan's drawing. Part of it's going to the, the people that uh, are up front in the, the laps of the A-Main, like typical lap money would. But there's also five individual drawings each night on, I believe it's Thursday and Friday, for uh, for 2500 apiece. They're giving 2500 away five times each, each of the nights. And I think, I think it's just two of the nights. I don't think it's Wednesday. I think it's for Thursday and Friday. So... Anyway, all sorts of things centered around the number 25 for the 25th anniversary season and the, the marquee event for the, the year. So pretty cool stuff coming up at uh, Mason City here yep. in a couple weeks. No doubt. 
Trenton, we can't thank you enough for taking the time each and every week to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Can't thank you enough for being on the show each and every week, bud. Uh, we always look forward to talking a little bit of USMTS with you. Uh, what what do you got coming Fine. up on the ASES National Tour coming up? Man, so the ASCS National Tour, I, I think they're off here for, for just a little bit, but they go to Lakeside coming up here at uh, uh, right up here at the end of the month. I think it's a, a three three weeks here maybe. Yeah, 25th like of that. August, Friday night. Yeah. Yep. Yep, so that that's that one's coming up. I think, actually, the way this has all worked out, they're going to Arrowhead Speedway on Labor Day weekend, and I think I'm going to uh, – I think I'm going to be able to go to that race. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful to go – go see him run at that new racetrack so uh, that's something I've, I've been been wanting to see so i don't know just exactly yet what my labor day is going to entail but i'm, I'm taking a pretty hard look at that so and brian brown will happen, be racing so. at lakeside that night i see he's got that on his schedule man that'll be that'll be great that'll be great i've i've had i've had a ton of fun with that deal this year it's it's no wonder you guys were up and down the road with that group and uh, i know it was when when emmett was running it and not not terry so much but Man, I've really, I've really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed existing in that world a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I've, uh, uh, the racing's pretty good. Uh, there's some good personalities in there, and uh, the the cars are just just awesome. So it's it's been a lot of fun this year. I haven't been to every one of the races. I've been to a handful of them. And I want to get to a few more here before the year's over. Okay, Trenton. Thanks so much for joining us, bud. We appreciate you. Yep, same. See you guys. Have a yeah, good week. You too. All Thanks, right. Trenton. All right. There you have it. Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com, uh, the home of the Lucas Oil, um, I should say, not Lucas Oil. It's not Lucas Oil anymore. It's ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. Presented and, by uh, RacingDirt.com. Okay. Go right it go right go right in there, Kurt. They do. Hey I, hey, you've got some sound from Rico and Aaron Reitzel, don't you? I do. Let's hear it. Uh Aaron Reitzel. We've heard from Brian Brown earlier in the show. Let's hear from the other side of it. Uh Aaron Reitzel's take after he led the whole way, coming around for the checkered flag off turn number four, only to have a red flag happen. And the restart uh we know all about what happened after that, but here's Aaron Reitzel's take after what occurred on Saturday night at Knoxville. I did what I thought I had to do. I knew what he was going to do, but I was just hoping that I could um, get off the corners good and basically just block the block the last two laps. And uh, I got a little balled up and low low air pressure. What and you know I, I just figured clean air. I could probably bury it in a little bit more and get back down left and get going. And I just got a little balled up and. And like he said, I looked at the scoreboard and I seen him. I seen him come to my outside, and I I figured it was almost game over there, where he was on my outside. Now I just slide myself and run back down the hill, and I just same thing. I got up in there and got balled up, and it took me it seemed like ages to get it turned back down the hill. And as I'm coming back down the hill, he's beside me, and you know I tried to crowd him as much as I could, and we were banging wheels at the line. So I'm su it sucks for me. It is you know it is that's racing, but I'm sure it made a hell of a race for the fans. And this is something that Aaron Reitzel, uh, it had to be very hard for him to admit that Brian Brown was the better driver. I mean, look, I got nothing but respect for Brown, and he's kicked our ass all year, and uh, it's just another ass kicking by Brown. They've been on their 
A game all year, and uh, that's the I would have took anyone in the field besides Brown to restart behind me on a green-white checkered. And you know, he's he, I don't know how, how many times he's won races like that just on restarts. He's uh, one of the best here at it, and uh, it was unfortunate that I had to try to fight him off. But uh, you know, tonight he was the better driver. How about that? Did you ever think Aaron Reitzel would say anything like that? Um, not really. But, you know, Aaron Reitzel's pretty confident in himself, too, as well, yeah. just so you know. He is. Well, let's hear from the other uh, big story of the night, Rico Abreu's run from 24th to 3rd. That was some exciting racing, um, just from starting in the back and just trying to uh, just pick the momentum up, pick the pace of my race up. Uh, you know, I felt like we learned a lot in the B main and didn't have much time to make change. But, um you know, I put some tear-offs on and just really th visualized my race and what I was going to do to try to get up to the front. And, um, you know, I, I, Brady and I talked before the race. Brady Forbrook works on my car, and I think Chase Randall last year went 24th and 9th, so I knew the track was going to be good enough to get up there. And, um, you know, the gentlemen that do the track here do an unbelievable job, and they always prep it to the best of their ability, and, and which allows the best racing, um, you know, 360 racing can be difficult uh, at times where it can, the pace can get the same and when the track's wet, you can run real, it's easy to run really hard and, uh, you know, you and you don't make as many mistakes as you would in a 410. So, um, you know, I just really focused on keeping my speed up throughout the race and really running where they, the other guys in front of me weren't and I was able to, uh, to get to six there on the last restart and then the seas kind of parted the ways and, I hit the bottom two perfect laps, and I, I honestly thought that, um, you know, if there was one more lap, we could mix it up with these guys. Yeah, what do you think about that, uh, Scott? I think that you give him a couple, three more laps, he might have had something for either Brown or Reitzel. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I, I think that Reitzel and Brown were the two dominant cars of that race, and um, I don't think Rico... I don't think Rico would have had a chance to win that race because those cars were a little too fast for him, I think. Well, it was certainly an epic charge from the back that Rico put on the other night. Uh, pretty pretty thrilling action at the Knoxville Raceway. And I agree with you, Scott. With all the rain that's occurred up there, it's going to be a heavy racetrack at Knoxville. It's going to be uh, it's going to be really fast all week, I think. Yeah. We need to give a little bit of a shout-out to Parker Price Miller, who outrun Brian Brown, Zeb Weiss, Terry McCarl, Garrett Williamson. Um, I, I, I just noticed here that um, Frog says that, did you see that Garrett Williamson was released from the 24, 24 car immediately? No reason was given. Well, that that is certainly big news there. I did not see that. Uh Garrett Williamson got into the left rear of Caleb Johnson's car. And what, those what two did, went to Kurt, flying. I don't know Kurt, uh, if it had anything to do with that accident. Uh, apparently so. Uh, but Garrett Williamson got into the left rear of Caleb Johnson, and Johnson was not happy at the end of that. But he later said, hey, we're good. But uh, apparently, uh, yeah, that. That's earth-shattering news. Uh, Caleb, Garrett Williamson had been doing really well in that car. Yeah, no it's doubt about it. Been a fast race Dave. car for him to get released from that car. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a I'm little surprised bit about that. that. Yeah, I'm in yeah. shock about that. 
Yeah, me too, because he's been really fast in that 24 car. And, um, yeah, no reason given for the release of the driver. So, and, and I'm just taking this by Frog Hall. He just said that on there. So I, yeah, I, I've I haven't not seen, seen that it. news. I uh, haven't seen that news anywhere but yet. But we trust Frog. Frog, we know pretty well. He's, uh, he, uh, if he says something to happen, I I believe it. We know Frog, so we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll check on that. But if that that certainly occurred, that's very shocking news. I'm glad that Garrett Williamson is okay after that crash. That was a wicked crash, and he got way high in the air. And Caleb Johnson, not the worst for wear either. That was a nasty crash. Glad well, to see what, both drivers crawl out okay. Hey, what happened, Kirk? Is that he got in to the corner and his his right front tire went around the front of the left rear tire of the other car Caleb and Johnson hop, yeah. and hopped the wheel and he, he was his wheel went in front of the tire and hopped the wheel and then that's what flew him up into the air yeah so. man that was just that was a wicked crash yeah. So, no doubt. Now that's uh, we'll check on that bit of news that uh, Frog just delivered here. We'll uh, I, I find that very shocking. If that's the case, especially leading into the nationals here. Yeah. All right, Kirk. He did. You know, Scott. He did pretty well. We saw him out at Eldora. I thought Garrett did pretty well in that car out at Eldora Speedway when we were. He out did there. a. He, he listen. Garrett Williamson is really become into his own as a driver i'm just telling you he what was he running he was running third or fourth at the time when when that wreck happened wasn't he kirk he was leading the race at uh you mean the other night at knoxville yes he was he was running he he was running third for a lot of that race he had slipped back to like sixth he had slipped back to sixth and was battling with johnson for fifth when that happened, but for a lot of the race, he was running as high as he was running third. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was so, running third when that first yellow came out with about four laps to go. It went from green to for what up till four laps to go before the first yellow came out. And he was running third at that time. And then on the ensuing restart, he'd slipped back to sixth and was battling with Johnson for the fifth spot there when that crash occurred. Yeah. Um, Kirk, Cody Swanson won his 40th career USAC Silver Crown race this week. What what'd you think about that? That's a big deal. Uh, Cody Swanson's won a lot of races in the, in the USAC Silver Crown series over the last several years. So that was definitely a landmark uh, win by uh, Cody Swanson the other night. And he leads the points now in the USAC Silver Crown Series over Logan Seavey by a pretty healthy amount. I think it's like uh, 29 points uh, right now. But uh, Cody Swanson beat C.J. Leary, uh, Derek Bischek, and Justin Grant. And Seavey, your top five finishers. Kaylee Bryson finished sixth in that Silver Crown race at Toledo Speedway in Ohio. That's a pavement track, is it not? Yeah. Marie says that uh, she can't wait to meet and watch Jade race this week. Yeah. And Tammy says Young Money is a is a fan favorite for me. That's what Tammy said. 
Well, he's exciting to watch, young money. Hey, listen, let me just say this about Tammy. She said that she listens to the uh, national, watches our show each and every week. And she said she ordered a couple T-shirts from the NASCAR, uh, the, the, the Hall of Fame, over the weekend after hearing ads on Mostly Motorsports. She says advertising works. So she bought some shirts online from SprintCarStuff.com. Make, sure make sure you let Bob know about that on the yeah. way out the door. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, Garrett Williamson news, Scott, That's uh, if that's – that's true. That's uh, pretty shocking information right there. We'll check on that, double-check. We've not been able to confirm that. We're just getting this uh, from uh, our good friend Frog Hall right now, but uh, I'm looking through the uh, social media right now. I don't – you're better at looking stuff up social media than I am, but uh, I've not been able to confirm that. So, All right, well – we want to thank everybody for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports today. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Midwest Power, Mid, the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to be racing next weekend down at Electric City Speedway. Hey, listen, they've done a really good job with that Electric City Speedway. They've put, put in some grandstands down there. They've really cleaned that place up, and it's really turning into a, a, a nice facility down there in uh just outside of Nevada, right, Kurt? That's pretty closer to Butler, Missouri. Butler. Yeah. A few miles out of town. That, yep. That's where it's located. It's not too far from Nevada either. Yeah, Nevada's, what, another half hour down the road? Yeah, from probably Butler, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. We'll be doing it next week right here, 12 noon Central Time. We hope that you'll join us. Don't forget Track Talk on Saturday mornings starting at 8 a.m. Central Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and we hope that you'll join us there as well. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. industrial farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rod we don't just sell them we race them rod serving the racing community for over 30 years